morning, good evening, hello, wherever you are in the world. My name is Kevin Garber. It is um, Wednesday, the 21st of December. We're recording this podcast. It's going to go out on Friday, the 23rd of December, probably the last live podcast for this year. Next week, we are still going to have a podcast. We'll we'll, we'll, uh, probably uh, dig into the archives to one of our great interviews, so you'll still get your regular weekly podcast. With me, as usual, is my fantastic co-host, Kate Frappel. Kate, thank you for joining us. No problems. Um, as usual, we are streaming on Periscope. Um, we have five um, people, a couple of hearts. We're just experimenting. We're streaming on Facebook Live as well. My vision has always been, Kate, to have a live show, um, yeah. you know, with, with lots of users. They can send through questions and, you know, that's um, there's there's always a nice feel So on a live show. But anyway, we're we, we almost there. Um, we have a great show lined up for you. Uh, later on in the show, we chat to Sydney-based MJ Fitzpatrick. Um, he's an entrepreneurial um, coach of sorts, like a company called Thymos is his um, yeah, company that he, he helps people that are that are um, wanting to get um, accelerate their success. And I had a long, fantastic chat with him. So we're going to come to that in a little bit later on in the show. As usual, though, we chat about um, some tech news. Um, and as often has it, social media is always um, changes to the social media landscape. Kate, both Snapchat and Facebook announced some changes to their product this week. Tell us a little bit first about um, Snapchat and uh, some of the new feature, the new feature that they rolled out. So yeah, both platforms have got uh, video changes. Uh, so Snapchat are now allowing you to talk to sixteen people in a group chat. Now, is this sort of like a WhatsApp group um, that you can write text, but you can also put a snap in there, which is a sort of, what, 10-second either video or um, a photo? Yeah, so what Snapchat groups do is you can get up to 16 people uh, and you can send them a snap or you can chat like in WhatsApp except instead of having to ordinarily you would click individual people to send a snap to, now you only have to click on the group right. and everyone will get it. So the group remains, but do the snaps inside the group remain? For 24 hours. And okay. if you don't see it within the 24 hours, you've, you've missed, missed it. it. But the group remains. Yes, the group always remains. So you can create a group of, um, you know, my best friends and a few of you chat and if someone pops a snap in there, um, it will hang around for 24 hours then disappears. But the text just stays like the, the WhatsApp No, the text t- is 24 hours. Well, actually, correction, the snap itself, um, once you've seen it, it disappears. Right? right. But you have 24 hours to open it and see it. Right. And the chat is accessible even if you log out of the app right. for 24 hours. Right. So yeah. it almost it almost keeps it fresh and empty in a way. You yeah. look at it, um, if you've missed it, you've missed it. Yeah. Um, probably going to be really big with teens. I think that's, you know, we're in, in early 20s. Uh, Definitely big with teens because uh, you can add stickers as well mm-hmm. and um, those. All, all those AR, what, AR do, what do they call them? Filters. Right, AR, yeah, filters. AR um, filters. People love playing with that. They're a little bit addictive, yeah. right? They're they ridiculous, are. but you sort of. <laughs> they yeah. And they're doing all in. sorts of interesting things, you know. They're putting, um, one of the popular ones is like dog ears, but there's also uh, animations that respond to your facial expression. So uh-huh. if you stick your tongue out, the the AR changes. Right. Yeah. And there's also a voice changing 
um, technology in there as well. So you can put it on video, talk, and then it'll put it like in a chip, chipmunk tone or something. Yeah, it's, it's fun. I, I've, I've been trying to experiment more with Snapchat. If you want to um, follow me on Snapchat, you can track me down. I've been trying to put some of those, you know, little micro movies and snaps um, and experimenting with that. What I do like about Snapchat as well, when you put those, those stories, um, you can see who's looked at them. Yeah, you which get to good. see who's viewed your story. You get to see who's so, um, w- which is quite nice. And Facebook and Twitter, you're not exactly sure, you know, who's seen your tweets unless they like it or retweet it. Who's seen your posts unless they like it or engage with it. I quite like on Snapchat. I see, well, it's quite interesting to see who's opened it, right? Someone's seen it. Yeah, the only thing is now that Snapchat have integrated um, like a process where all the stories blend together so when you start watching someone's story it blends into the next person and the next person and so on so it almost gives you this false sense that people are watching yours when they could just be skipping over the top it's um yeah i mean they there's a bit of a an, an arms race going on you know with all these chat services and they're rolling out these different features with different nuances and um, yeah. you know which which rolls into our next story which is Facebook rolled out an interesting feature as well really interesting i find that a really interesting feature um, Facebook Messenger now lets you video chat with up to 50 people at the same time right yeah, and six faces on one screen yeah which is up fan- to you which is fantastic. More than that, then it will just highlight the one who's talking. Yes. Um, but less than that, it shows them all at the same time. And it's, um, you know, I mean, Skype, I believe the standard version of Skype only has a 10 limit person. I think Google Hangouts is the same. So, I mean, 50 people. Um, I mean, it would be, a, I mean, the logistics of that would be interesting if people aren't careful. It's almost sort of like a web conference. People... With a web conference, you've got an administrator that can mute everyone because if you've got everyone's audio coming through... It's too much. Too much. And 50 people, unless they're muting themselves. So mm, I don't even know if that's almost workable. That's true. But it definitely seems like this product has been engineered um, with their Facebook workplace in mind more than the average individual Facebook user. Um, interesting. So um, so that's Snapchat and Facebook Messenger. Um and um, yeah, I mean, it's ver- really interesting to to see the, the the sort of nuances of messaging. Unfortunately, Twitter's getting left behind, way left behind in all of this, right? Yeah, yeah. Twitter, getting, Twitter getting DMs. There. Uh, yeah. Twitter DMs has huge potential. Yeah. And um, but you know what, though, I feel like once a particular group of people or like your social circle gets stuck on one platform, then they don't deviate that much. Do you know what I mean? Like most of most of my friends, for example, we all chat on Messenger. And even though we could do the same thing on Snapchat, we don't. I've got a friend and he's a listener to this podcast, so he might um, hear this. But he just rotates through all the messaging services, drives me mad. I'll get a text <laughs> message, then the next day a WhatsApp, and then a Facebook message, and then a, a Twitter DM, and it's just... It's just everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. You know, fa- Facebook's definitely becoming a bit of the de facto... Um, yes. messaging. You know, messaging across, you know, you don't even need people's email address anymore. No. And most of the time you have their Facebook so if you're connected on Facebook, then you can chat to anyone that you're connected with. And even then, I don't think you have to be connected. You can even send a, a message request to someone that's not your friend and they can accept. You can chat from there. 
and I think Facebook said they are also rolling out those um, animations type Facebook live masks will go one step further and augment the live video with whatever goofy animation you'd like to place on the screen. Mm. I believe that's only for iOS at the moment though. Yeah, the company said the feature should be arriving on Android soon. So yeah, look, interesting times. Um, Mm. You know, um, I I use WhatsApp and Facebook Messenger, um, Snapchat, not the direct messaging. No. And Instagram, not the direct messaging either. No, I tend Instagram. I don't think there's much messaging going on at all, or for me there isn't. Snapchat, maybe after I've sent an image, someone will send me a little mess, like a, a text message right. inside Snapchat, um, and then in Messenger is where the conversations really happen. Right. Okay, that's a quick news summary for this week. Remember, you can send us an email to podcast at itsamonkey.com. If you're listening and you're a startup or a new company or work for a startup, uh, we love to promote you. We have something called the Startup Minute, which we, we run every now and then. Um, so email us, um, tweet us. Um, you know, we've been uh, doing the podcast every week, which means it's been finding a lot of new listeners. So if you are a new listener, we really um, welcome you to the show. Um, I'm the CEO of Manage Flutter. Kate is the design lead of Manage Flutter. And uh, we love to just uh, sit and have uh, something that's conversational and informative. We look for uh, an interesting guest every week. We've got some some great guests lined up already for the next year's podcast. So, um, well well on track. We're going to take a short break, and after the break, and um, we're going to come back to the chat I had with MJ Fitzpatrick, where we spoke about um, wow, all sorts of things relating to to your own personal journey and entrepreneurship and uh, the, the the managing your own psychology and um, you know that that human personal human layer aspect um, of the the entrepreneurial side of things. So uh, stick with us. Hi, my name is Dave Zarati, and I'm the customer support specialist here at Manage Flitter. Manage Flitter is a tool that helps you work faster and smarter on Twitter. With Manage Flitter, you can clean up and grow your Twitter account. You will also get access to useful Twitter analytics, social content scheduling, and much more. Go to manageflitter.com and start your free trial today. Back with the It's a Monkey podcast. My name is Kevin Garber. I am the CEO of Managed Flutter. We talk about everything relating to tech, startups, entrepreneurship, tech economy. And uh, what I find really interesting is in the startup world, there is so much talk about product market fit, finding your co-founder, raising money, ARR, all those, um, you know, tech, uh, you know, financial type terms, business type terms. The one thing that doesn't sort of rear its head enough, in my opinion, is the psychology of starting uh, your own business and growing your own business and managing your own business. The psychological side of things and the the, um, the whole journey um, around the roller coaster aspect of it, um, we don't uh, talk about enough. And um, I'm excited to say that I managed to drag into the studio MJ Fitzpatrick, who's a mind coach and the founder of Thymos. Um, MJ is based in Sydney. Uh, bumped into him at a, at a couple of talks in the, the startup scene here. And um, we're going to talk about everything relating to the, the, the sort of human layer, so to speak, the personal mm-hmm. human layer. MJ, thanks so mm-hmm. much for joining us. That was such a good... I just wish I could splice that and put it on all of my marketing because it's, it's so <laughs> true. I mean, I look at business... I mean, we were talking just a second earlier, but I look at businesses. I mean, it's just your thoughts in the external world. 
that's what we're doing, right? It's like you're building your consciousness and your psychology in a way to take something from your mind and put it outside. Well, at the end of the day, I mean, I think, you know, business is very much, and we're going to get a bit philosophical in this podcast, you know, we're going to take a little bit of a break from talking about the Snapchat sort of uh, <laughs> listing and things like that. But, you know, business is very much about fulfilling a part of yourself. I 100%. mean, I, I, th I think people make a, a mistake sometimes if they, they think the money's just going to flow in um, or it's going to get them, you know, kudos and, and all of those things, if they happen and you're after them, no problem and no judgment. But it's really about... Uh, uh, calling really mm -hmm. at the end of the day mm -hmm. i mean there's probably easier ways especially in australia there's probably easier ways to make money <laughs> than to than to start your own business my, my favorite one of those is the guy who spray painted facebook's original headquarters got stock and invested for 200 million dollars during yeah. the ipo yeah he's uh, facebook's a very special case of course though. of course <laughs> of course that's such an outlier but i think it shows that very beautifully but you're right in that what you were saying is so many people go into this for kudos and that actually strikes at the heart of what you know, I see basically the most people struggling with. And there's three things, but the one that's the biggest, and this is something you've probably never spoken about, is people's self-worth and going into entrepreneurship because they want to validate themselves. They want to feel special. They want to feel awesome. Okay, so they become an entrepreneur because it's the cool thing to do and they want to fix something, you know, this hole that you were just talking about. Well, funnily enough, I, I posted something on Facebook this morning from, um, I think, the founder of that, that has cheeseburger site or mm -hmm. um, Ben... Ben Hu, um, I think you pronounce his name, and he said something really interesting. He said, um, for many entrepreneurs, life and business are the same thing, a dangerous yet alluring corruption of the ego. If you really believe that you and your business are one, business failure destroys you and success rewards you infinitely, but no outcome warrants such sacrifice. At the end of every story, you either redeem yourself or keep trying. I mean, his argument is, 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 is almost when this um, calling takes you too far, you mm -hmm. know, and you become totally enmeshed with the business, which is the other end of the spectrum as yes. well, right? Yes. When people, and you know, in Silicon Valley a few years ago, there was a rash of suicides um, and, and, and we did get talking about, you know, what does it mean? You know, why, why are people killing themselves when, when their businesses fail? Mm -hmm. You know, there's something really wrong with that. Mm -hmm. um, so tell us a little bit, you work with, founders you work with ceos yeah tell us a little bit about you know what you see as the common fault lines sure. in their journey on, on, sure. on their human layer side so i'll give you three and i just want to hedge i always feel like i need to hedge in these situations never raised funding i've never pitched an investor i mean i run my own business so i'm definitely an entrepreneur but i don't come into this saying i've lived it i've been through the ups and downs and this is what happened to me and this is how you can make sure that doesn't happen to you right and that's not where i come from and you started life as a med student right yeah so I actually i started life as a commerce student finished right. my commerce degree realized i didn't want to do that i didn't uh -huh. want to sell stuff to people for a living even though that's basically what i do now um and full circle yeah come full circle and then <laughs> i realized okay well i maybe want to help people and i knew that i wanted to get into helping people with their confidence or their psychology but i was too scared so I got into med school, studied for two years. And then on the second day of med school, I realized I was in the wrong place. It took me another five weeks to get the courage to drop out. And then I dropped out and started Thymos, you know, a couple of months afterwards and was working two jobs there for a while and doing it on the side. And then about eight months ago, I jumped across full time. Nice. Yeah. So, so tell us about some of your work that you've done and you, you know, sure. some, some of these sort of common themes that keep on popping up. So, I mean, I see people because something is breaking down. And so when I'd seen enough entrepreneurs or founders or CEOs, I'm like, okay, there's clearly some common patterns into what's making someone come and see me, right? Because I need to know what that is just from a business point of view. But also, you know, if I'm looking at, if I see 20 people who run their own business 
and they're all struggling with the same three or four things, well, then it's very clear to me that, well, if you can control those three or four things, things will probably go very well. There's three. The first is a lack of certainty. And I mean, I spoke about this at the talk that um, I was at with you, but if you want to boil down self-development, there's two basic things. One is make yourself really certain. So essentially confidence, mm-hmm. right? Knowing what you're good at, knowing what you're not good at and being able to go after it with 100% of yourself, right? Being in your power. Mm-hmm. It's one side of things. The other side of things is authenticity or working on your self-worth, right? They're actually the number two things. And that's not just for an entrepreneur, that's for anyone. I really like um, the second point on authenticity because Plato said something um, which, you, you know, really I think it should be at the core of not, not just an entrepreneur, but, but so many of us. Know thyself and be thyself. Yep. And it's only four words, right? Yep. And it's a lot easier said than done. Yep. But I think we can all sense when we meet someone and that, that, inner, that, that inner confidence, not just not that persona confidence. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you bump into a lot of people with that persona confidence. Yes, yes. and so the, the difference is very, is very, very stark and it's very easy to explain. The person with the front, with mm-hmm. the persona confidence, feels like there's something wrong with them. Mm-hmm. And 100% of people have this growing up. There is mm-hmm. no one, I mean, I've met literally one person who managed to think their way out of this, mm-hmm. and she's now my girlfriend, mm-hmm. all right? But 100% of people have this. At some level, they think that there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. Now, that person with the front covers that mm-hmm. by putting up this big armor of confidence. And so if you're not trained to be able to look through that, you see these people who you think are really confident when actually deep down on the inside, they're the most insecure. So now the shift is when you work on that, you go from approaching every interaction to I need something from you, right? Like when I talk to you, I need you to tell me that I'm awesome or I need you to like me or laugh at my jokes. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you make yourself feel full, as Oprah would say, right? You actually feel compelled to give, right? It's like, I'm so full, my cup is so overrunning that I need to give to you because I have so much, I just need to give. And that is what you're talking about. That is authenticity. Right? When you meet someone, you, you feel drawn to them because it's not about them and they don't need anything from you. And so they're trying to give. And that, if you can get to that place, your whole life changes because every single interaction you're going through in your business, in your life, friendships, relationships, you're trying to give. Okay, but now now's the big question, right? How does someone get on that journey to 100%. authenticity? Okay. I mean, we, we, we live in a world where, um, you know, um, status... Mm-hmm. Uh, matters, um, you know, money matters, and you know, social media likes matter. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we live, we live, we still on Mary in many ways. Well, in, in in almost all ways, we're still primal creatures. As someone yep. said, we basically apes that drive uh, drive cars. <laughs> yep. And you know, so we've got yeah, so, so we've got we've got all these you know primal instincts going on. Um, you know, how do we get on that? that road to sure. authenticity. So the first thing, and this is gonna sound cliche, and I know a lot of people who do my work say this sort of stuff, but you have to want it mm-hmm. because it's the most challenging, brutal thing you'll go through. These conversations that you have with yourself where you realize you're not a very good person. I've had to have that conversation with myself before. Right, back, back in my growth cycle when I realized actually I wasn't very nice to people. You gotta have that conversation and it's, it's 10 times easier to have that conversation with yourself and say, no, everything's fine. So you have to want it. Assuming that you want it, and most people at a deep level do, there just is so much fear there that they don't see it. Assuming that you want it, the next step is to try and figure out what your unique story is, right? Why are you in particular not enough? Are you not smart enough? Are you not pretty enough? Are you not tall enough? Okay, everyone has their own unique thing. And I, th- I think, you know, deep down people know who they are. Yes. You know? And I think deep down, deep down if they, you know, if all things were equal and they could be, you know, you know, there was a guy I met at, at a workshop a few years ago and he was, 
he said he was in the corporate world, hated it. I think he was in his 60s. And his dream was to make harps, mm-hmm. handmade That's harps. awesome. And he gave it up and he started making, I think, only six harps a year. Yep. And he's making harps. Yep. You know, and, and how and happy is that guy? I mean, he was he was pretty happy then. I mean, I think, I think you know the the, the the practicalities you know always come into things, and you know paying the rent and things, and it's and it's a real juggling you know journey. But I think I think what people you know I always say to people when they ask me advice, you have more options than you realize. Hundred percent. You have a lot more options than you realize, yep. right? If you want to start a business and you don't have funding but you still want to do it, get a part time job. Mm-hmm. You know, That's exactly what I did. Yeah. And and. People have much more options than you realize, and and I think though it scares you know it's it's it really I, I always say out beyond the social constructs is is quite a scary place. A hundred percent. But so you have to want it, you have to figure out what your unique story is. Okay, so what's your what happened to you in your childhood or growing up or what didn't happen to you that made you think that wow maybe I'm not smart enough or good enough or whatever it is. You need that unique phrase, right, for whatever it is. Now it's not necessary to get that, but. It's just a lot easier if you do. And the third step, and this is what everyone finds challenging, is you have to realize that that's an emotional um, situation. That's not a, that's not something you can logic yourself out of. If you just keep thinking about that, you're never gonna get yourself out of that hole. You have to learn how to communicate with yourself emotionally. This is why people go and do yoga and meditation and go see a sound healer and do Reiki, or some of which have a lot of science, some of which have no science. They start becoming more of themselves is because they're learning without realizing how to communicate with deeper parts of their consciousness where emotions are held because the part that you and i sit in right the prefrontal cortex has language so we can think and we can think in words but you can't just say to your brain hey i'm feeling anxious can i stop feeling anxious and it listen because the part of your brain where your anxiety is coming from doesn't have access to language so you have to learn and there's a thousand ways to do that but you have to learn how to communicate with these parts of your brain which don't have access to language. You have to translate somehow. The second that you can do that, if you're willing to go through the emotional experience, I mean, it doesn't take long. It can take 45 minutes. If you do it properly and you have someone like me who's trained and knows how to do the right things, it's done. And, and I it think, really is. And I think there's, there's so many little things that in the uh, modern sort of generation we've forgotten to do. For instance, play. Yes. Right, hundred percent. I went to a festival. I, I like to go to festivals. That's the time I, I shut down a bit. And this this one chap at sunset every day, he had this like circus playing circle, right? And yep. he had diablos, which are the sort of juggling things, and fire jungle sticks, and and it just sort of dawned on me, you know, just just there's no particular outcome needed. You just go there yes. and you just learn how to play and things like that. I mean, I think certain of us entrepreneurs are quite heady. You know, and I know even for me, I'm in my head the whole time and something that gets me out of my head. Well, but there's power in the head. This is the thing is uh, the challenge with most people is they go, they learn to yoga or meditation. I think, okay, number one, how is this going to help me be better at my business? Because it's not obvious. It needs to be explained to you the right way. But number two, there's so much power in the head, in the mind, but you have to realize that all decisions come from emotions. And we know this because there was a poor woman who um, was in a brain accident and the part of her brain that felt emotions was damaged. So she couldn't feel emotions. Like, at it, that was it. Just pure head, pure ego. And all she did every day of her life was sit on a couch because she couldn't make a decision, right? We are emotional beings who occasionally think. We are not thinking beings who occasionally feel. And that's a good thing. That's, it's an amazing thing. Yeah. But it's about recognizing that, you know, for everyone who's sitting down here, if an entrepreneur listening to this and be like, why am I gonna bother working on my self-worth? How's that gonna make me better as a salesperson, right? Well, if you can fix, oh, sorry, I shouldn't say fix. If you can heal these emotional challenges that you have, you have access to yourself. 
everyone I meet says something to me like, I feel like I'm holding myself back. Mm. I feel like I've got a handbrake on. Mm. I can't figure out how to use my car. That's all emotions. If you can help yourself in those emotional situations, your car can go at top speed and it will actually run better because you don't have a handbrake on, which is destroying the engine, which is how all people have set up their minds. And it's no one means to do this. No one teaches us how to build our minds properly. Okay, so when we're young, it's just arbitrarily happening. We're making conscious and subconscious decisions all the time. And every layer is just getting deeper and deeper and deeper. But you never actually stop and say, well, hold on, if I could build my mind from scratch, if I could just set up my consciousness any way I wanted to, how would I set it up? And that's what I try and help people with, right? Now, if you could consciously decide how to set your uh, consciousness up, pardon the pun, there'd be a couple of things you do. Number one, you just make yourself completely confident. Why on earth would you ever doubt yourself? Just a waste of time. Well, on, the, on that point, I mean, do you think this, this movement of, um, you know, almost indiscriminate confidence, I mean, do you, do you think it's a good thing? I mean, I've got mixed feelings when I, you know, talk to people and they go, you know, I'm, I'm going to act like I've already achieved it. And mm-hmm. I'm going to, y- mm-hmm. you know, n- never doubt myself and you can do it. And, and I mean, I think there's some research that shows, you know, when people do have a little bit of self-doubt, it actually pushes them to have a more realistic picture yes as well so i can understand what you're saying but this is why i use the word certainty and not confidence because Mm -hmm. a lot of people just think confidence is this front that you put on certainty comes it's an internal state of being Mm -hmm. it comes from knowing what you know and this is the key part knowing what you don't know and so being you're very very certain in certain areas like right now i'm speaking very very with a lot of certainty because this is what i do but if you got me in a situation where we started speaking about, you know, the in-depths of the scientific um, experience or how to build an experiment, I just wouldn't be speaking like this and I'd be listening. So confidence, yes. I don't want you to walk around and act like you think you're the king of the world or the queen of the world when on a deep level you feel like you're not. Or taking risks, you know, or taking risks that really don't make sense as 100%. well. 100%. You know, and, I, and I think there's research that shows that entrepreneurs are actually more risk averse than people think. Yes. You know, people think, oh, you know, I'm not a risk taker. And you actually meet most entrepreneurs and they're very, they're very, they're quite measured. You know, yep. they, they're, not, they're not gamblers in the, in the true sense of the word. Yes. You know, they calculated risks. Yes. And so this is why you asked me at the top, you know, what are the most common patterns? I said I'd give you three. The first one was a lack of certainty. Mm-hmm. The second one was a lack of self-worth. And the third was, uh, do you prefer to be right or do you prefer to look at the truth? Mm. And that is the thing that it just holds every entrepreneur that I see back. It's give like me, you're staring. Give me an example. So, okay, I'll give you an example in, a, in an um, arguing is a perfect example for me. There mm-hmm. are arguments that I've been in where I can argue just because I can argue better than you. I can make you think that I'm right, even though I'm arguing something which is not true. But in business, it's not looking at the data, right? If you build a product and no one buys it, don't blame the market, blame your product, right? It's just not good enough, right? If the consumers are telling you that they don't like, the the product market figure isn't working and they don't wanna buy it and it's not working, then the problem's with you. But most people would rather try and think that they're right no, 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 it's the product market fit. They're, they're just not listening. They're not ready yet. My timing's off. Rather than just looking at the actual truth of the matter, which is probably that it's just not good enough yet. And that's fine. So then go away and work on that. And you're actually putting your resources in the right place rather than just wasting time on things which don't matter. I mean, it always amazes me to know that uh, Kodak invented the first digital camera, right? <laughs> I mean, there's yeah. a variety of reasons why they went broke, but it's sort of, it's sort of incredible. Or Nokia. And I mean, I think it's, 
I think it's 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 so interesting to look at these case studies and, yes. and you're believing your own bullshit. And I think yes. it's one of the biggest traps of success. And right? it's not it's not just. I mean, I'm reading. I'm, I'm on a bit of, hist- of a history tear at the moment, so I'm reading biographies of Napoleon, Genghis Khan, um, Alexander Hamilton, these giant figures from history. And Napoleon's a perfect example. So he wrote, I think it's about thirty of them. His military maxims, his laws of of um, how to fight a war, and in the battles that he won, he followed them perfectly. But then towards the end of his career, when he started believing his own bullshit in your expression, he started deliberately not doing these rules that he himself had written mm. and he lost battles because of it. And I find that so fascinating. And, that, and that's why most democracies limit the length to which people can rule, right? In America, yep. it's eight years. That's it, done yep. and dusted. Yep. Because, and you look at countries like, you know, Zimbabwe or, you know, where... He started out as, as so on the right path, as yep. helping the people and being a fantastic leader. And over time, it just happens. People yes. believe their own bullshit. And I know. find the way I'm fascinated by how people interpret data. Like something, a, a situation, an experience happens to you and how you choose to tell yourself a story about that, I find so fascinating because it's the whole game, right? When, you know, I legitimately want to get my programs into every school in the world. Mm-hmm. If I choose to interpret reality, I'm not even going to start. If I look at, you know, how many hundreds of thousands or millions of schools there are in the world or the complexities of all the different governments the different cultures who I'm going to have to access. The politics around it. The politics around it, everything, I would not start. So instead, I choose to deliberately misinterpret the data. I think, no, I can definitely do that because now I'm at least going to try. And I also think that I can succeed, but now I'm going to try. But if you do that in business, you're going to fail. Because if you deliberately misinterpret the data to just say, oh, we're awesome, everything's fine, we're making profit, you're going to go out of business like that. And I think also, you know, something that's uh, not spoken about a lot as well is that, you know, the cliche of the journey is the destination. And in business, it's very, very much, you know, the case of, you know, there's, out of all people, I heard an interview with Lionel Richie years ago, you know. People always laugh when they hear that. It's like, you know, he's a great guy, actually. You know, yeah. a really, really great guy. And, um, you know, they were interviewing him about his journey and his success. And he said, you know, m- my aim was always to be number one, right? And I got there. And you know what I found at the top? Nothing. Mm-hmm. He said, nothing. All I had was the experiences and the learnings of, of getting here, mm-hmm. you know. And um, so, you know, it's cliched, but it's definitely, you know, the journey is the destination. And that's why it's got to be the whole entrepreneurship thing. It's just really got to be more about it's the yeah, process. Yeah, you know, it's the process. It's exactly what it is. And that's why, I mean, you were talking about um, being a missionary or being a mercenary, why you have to fight for a cause. Because then it's about the process. Then it's the long-term gain. You have a goal that is 40, 50 years away. And so if you go into a sales meeting and it doesn't go very well, on the grand scheme of your life and for this cause, it doesn't matter. So all the time that someone who's not process and cause driven spends being sad and getting angry because the sales didn't go well, you're moving. And so it's a competitive advantage. The reason that I think about all these things so much is because I want to grow faster than my competition. I mean, me as a person, Mm because if I grow faster, my business will grow faster. I want to grow faster than everyone else out there. And so I want to figure out how to grow as fast as I can. And these things that I'm saying, these are the things that restrict my growth. These are the handbrakes. And so I want to get rid of them as fast as I can. And then as soon as they're gone, I can look at the data. You know, I can go into, I can send a a pitch, send an email recently, which, you know, I I haven't received a response yet. Who knows if I do, but it may have turned into a multiple tens of thousands of dollars deal for me. Mm -hmm. And rather than being angry at myself that it didn't, it seems like it hasn't worked. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll take the feedback. 
right? I can't control what the other person's gonna do. I'll take my feedback and I'll move forward. And I'm moving and I'm growing and I'm trying to get better rather than sitting here and being like, oh my God, I can't believe it didn't work. It's just a waste of time. Yeah, sort of, um, you know, that energy, that energy that goes into regrets and stress, um, it's so easy to, to go down that path. It's almost like a path of least resistance and you find yourself being the victim or, or, or stressed out. And it's, it's, you know, it's, sometimes it just takes a conscious awareness to go, let's take this energy into action. 100%. Right. And it's all, it's all primal. It's all, you know, we, we get stressed and anxious because our primal self is trying to warn us of danger and, and do all sorts of things, mm-hmm. you know. And we, we all are throwback to our Neanderthal selves. I couldn't know? agree more. I mean, I just recently put up a video on, um, you know, learn about your biology or your biology will use you mm. because we are pre-programmed for mm. certain things and you have to tick those boxes or your brain is going to freak out. And there's nothing you can do about that. So you have to learn them. You have to eat well and exercise well and do something to calm your mind down and recognize the stress response when it happens so you can get yourself out of it. The easiest way to do that is with your breath. But know these things and they make you better at your business because you're using this tool that you've been given, your body and your mind, in the best possible way. You have to have the basics right. right? 100%. I call them the fundamentals. I, cou- yeah. I could not agree more. Yeah, you're, just, you're not going to get out the starting blocks. you know. And no. that's not just eating right, sleeping right. It's also, I believe, having the right company. Yep. You know, being around the right people yep. um, is very important um, as well. And if you get stuck, I mean, Scott Peck in his famous book, The Road Less Traveled, I don't mm-hmm. know if you've read it. No, I haven't. It's, it's really worthwhile reading it. Um, so it came out, I think, in the late 70s. Parts of it are a little bit dated. He's passed away now, but um, fascinating book. And he, 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 he talks about, as he said, a lot of people ask him, when, um, when should you go see a therapist or someone? How do you know when the time to, to see one is? And he says, whenever you're feeling stuck, Mm-hmm. And I think the same for entrepreneurs. If they're feeling stuck should give me or a call. something. <laughs> Send me an email. Yeah, we'll get that out. You know, there's, there's a lot of great resources these days in all, in all sorts of ways. And even, even peer, peer resources, yeah. you know. And I think uh, entrepreneurship is a little bit, it's a, tricky, it, it's a tricky balance because in a way you need to be a leader and you need to show confidence and certainty, um, you know, to your team and, and investors. But on the other aspect, you need, you need to be authentic and be transparent to be able to process as well sometimes. Yeah. So that, that's where the stress yep. can actually you yeah, know, come why, in for CEOs, yeah, which is, et cetera. Which is why I see so many founders because they're constantly presenting this experience to their employees of how amazing everything's going when internally mm. they're just constantly stressed. So I think the, you know, the big thing that I notice with really any achiever, and this isn't just entrepreneurs, but we're obsessed with the question of how. Mm. How am I gonna do this? It's the number one question. I sit down and tell someone they need to learn to retool their mind and the immediate question is, okay, well, how do I do that? So my response to almost all of those questions is you have the most complicated object in the known universe in between your ears, mm-hmm. right? It is, if you learn a little bit about neuroscience, the things that the brain can do are incredible. It knows how to do some things. You don't have to ask it how so much, right? No one had to teach you how to learn to walk. No one had to teach you how to learn to speak. Your brain just knows. And so the building this internal trust in this computer that you have is one of the best things that you can do. Because then this, you know, when I'm saying to people, you need to learn how to turn the logical machine off and listen to your intuition. You need to learn how to be able to do that. Because otherwise you're leaving your resources behind and these skills that you have, you're leaving them behind. And whenever I tell people that, they're like, well, how do I do that? I'm like, well, you already actually know how to do it. You just need to trust the process and Mm -hmm. trust your mind. And for a lot of people, that's very challenging because a lot of people have a very poor relationship with their mind. Mm. So you have to start there. But these blocks that you're talking about, every problem internally, every problem in your mind is solvable. 
you just have to learn the right way to communicate. You have to learn the right tools and strategies. And they're, I mean, they're everywhere, but you just have to learn how to put them together for what works for you. And the second that you can do that, when you get stuck, you know the right questions to ask to get yourself out of that place. I mean, do you think everyone can be a successful entrepreneur if they want to be? Oh, I don't know. I really don't know. Depends what you mean by entrepreneur. Can everyone go out there and raise, can everyone be Mark Zuckerberg? Probably not, all right? I mean, Elon Musk, probably not. The environment that they grew up in, I mean, Bill Gates is a fantastic example. He'd spent more time on a computer by the age of 19 than probably anyone else his age on the planet. The whole 10,000 hour. The whole 10,000 hour rule, Malcolm Gladwell. So I think there's part of that, but I also think there's talent, right? There's a reason I'm not Shaq, right? He's huge and that's definitely his genetics, right? So there's definitely some of that there, but can everyone make $100,000 a year from a blog or a hobby or building something on the side or $80,000 a year? I genuinely think so. I totally agree with you. I mean, this is what I say to people. If you want to have your own business that replaces your income that you'd get in a salary, I'm, I'm pretty sure almost everyone can I think do that. Absolutely. If, if they're willing to do this, if they're willing to realize they're going to suck the first six, I mean, perfect example for my business. So I run my own coaching business and then I have Thymos and Thymos is about putting schools into, um, putting programs into schools and colleges and universities about resilience and everything we're talking about. I built my business for the university market. Mm -hmm. So all of my marketing was about university students and I tried to build everything there and I realized after six months, number one, university students don't care. And number two, they don't have the money. Mm. And so rather than getting angry at myself, I was just like, all right, this isn't working. What can I go find that is working? So that's gonna happen and that's fine, but that's not a reason to give up, right? Yeah. I mean, I totally believe um, that, that, you know, if you listen to this podcast and it's always been your dream to, you, and I, I, I see it a lot with Uber drivers. You yeah. Know? You know, they just say, I love the independence and I finally feel like I'm, you know, having my own business. And I think if you listen to this podcast and you've always wanted to do it, I mean, A, do it. B, it's going to be a lot more satisfying than you yes. ever dreamt of. C, it's going to be a lot more difficult than you ever yes. dreamt of. But just, but just on that point of A, because this is something that I wish, I wish we just got taught this in school. And again, this is why I'm doing this sort of stuff. But I want to talk briefly about courage. Mm -hmm. So you get courage in, in one 15 minute burst. Right, so like you're talking about these people who wanna like basically leave their job and start their own business. Well, number one, don't leave your job and start your own business. Start your own business on the side. Mm -hmm. Do your 40 hour a week Agreed. in 20 hours. <laughs> and then on the side, when your boss isn't looking, start your own business, all right? So make sure you hedge that risk. But eventually you're gonna have to jump off the cliff, right? For me, it was leaving med school, mm -hmm. right? I basically dropped out of med school to be a life coach. Right, so think about the conversations I was what having you, with these people. You, what did your family think about that? So my mum and dad were actually really, they were incredibly supportive. Uh -huh. I mean, I come from a very lovely family in rural New South Wales. So they love me to death. And so naturally they adjusted, but mm -hmm. it is very, I think challenging for them because you know I don't have a degree and I'm talking to people about the deepest psychological mm -hmm. problems that people face. And so I think that's challenging for them to get their head around, but mm -hmm. they appreciate that the world has shifted. But the courage, the courage aspect, you get courage for, for like 15 minutes. And a lot of people think, you know, if you're standing on the top of this cliff, courage is this thing where you yell and you scream and you beat your chest and then you dive off the edge. And that happens one in a thousand times. What happens in every other time is that you're standing looking over this cliff for like 12 hours. You're like, oh, I don't know if I can do it. Oh, should I do it? Oh, I don't know if I can do it. And then eventually you go, you know, fuck it, right? Mm -hmm. And you jump. That is what courage is. And so you get that for 15 minutes. And so in that 15 minute window, you have to commit to it. So my perfect example was, I figured out that I needed to drop out of med school at 11 o'clock at night. I was in bed next to my girlfriend and we were having this conversation. I was like, that's it. I was like, that's it. I'm jumping off the cliff. By 11.05, I was out of med school because I knew that if I didn't commit myself in that moment, and I do this all the time when people want to leave their jobs, I'm like, cool, write your resignation letter right now and send the email. 
in this in this 15 minute window we have courage we need to do something that commits us because then the next day i woke up and i'd always already was already out of med school and i was freaking out it's like oh my god i've just worked for two years to get into australia's best med school and i've just left but i'd committed i couldn't go back i was already off the cliff so my brain started working on how we were going to make it work and i think that is what courage is and if people could realize that that I'm not more courageous than you. It's just when courage comes up, I make sure I commit somehow that it's very easy. I had a similar experience. I was actually studying something called actuarial science in South Africa and um, it really just wasn't my calling. And I woke up one day, I walked into the registrar's office and I just said, deregister me. Yeah. And she looked at me <laughs> and I was, I was about six months away from you know, the undergrad and a component and she looked at me like I was gone mad. She yep. said, are you sure you want to do it? The head of department said to me, look, Kevin, why don't you just take a weekend off, go do some sport and no, everything? And I said, no, nah, I'm done. And similar story, woke up the next day and was like, <laughs> what have I done? Yes. You know, but it actually set me probably, you know, it sounds a, sim- a little bit similar to you. It set me on a path of just, you know, um, being being true to myself, showing that things work out if you take 100%. those. Leads. But something else interesting happened when I did that is nearly everyone in my class came up to me at various stages and said, I wish I could do what you've done yep same thing same thing i have a a good friend of mine who is a doctor and he said yeah i don't think medicine's for me either and i'm like we'll leave yeah leave but again it's because they think that you need this massive amount of courage no you get courage for 15 minutes and in that 15 minutes send your boyfriend or girlfriend a message talk to your boss send them an email with what you're going to talk about i was with a um a young guy yesterday he's about 19 he's got he's studying um, computer science here at um, one of the universities in sydney he's got a really good scholarship and he clearly wants to leave and go to silicon valley and go Mm -hmm. all in on himself Mm -hmm. but he's got the scholarship and he comes from an immigrant family and Mm. so you know he's eventually going to be an engineer which is the best thing possible certainty 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 so certainty so certainty but courage and so in the meeting that i had with him you know he's got an uncle who works a he's got enough savings to live in um, america for six months Mm -hmm. and b he's got an uncle who works in the scene who could definitely get him an internship i was like this is what i was like this is this is your option you can keep doing what you're doing and spend three years what you know you don't want to do and then keep coming and seeing me and trying to figure out why it's not working why you can't push yourself or you can send an email to your uncle right now and ask him if you can come and work with him in two months when you're finished Mm -hmm. and you have this time off and you have the money and in that two months get a job don't don't go and get an internship get the internship and then make him give you a job because of how excellent you are and if it doesn't work that's fine come home and we'll try again but just put you back against the wall and so I mean, I'm, I haven't spoken to him today, but that's hopefully what he's going to do. But it's the same thing. It's that courage. If he, if he sends his uncle a message and says, hey, I want to talk, he'll back out. If he sends his uncle a message and says, hey, I want to talk, I want to come and work with you in two months, even when the courage has disappeared, he's committed because he doesn't want to lose face. I think uh, it comes down to that certainty thing. I mean, when you, you gave up med school where I changed my degree, suddenly we've gone from this path that's quite predetermined. Yes. And it's pretty, it's pretty safe. Yes. right to suddenly you out there it's sort of like sort of like when you're snorkeling right you're snorkeling around the reef you turn around and you look into this big <laughs> blue ocean right? yes and it's half intriguing and half scary as hell what is there you know yes. it's a similar sort of you know and and it's it's okay you know some people that they, they need they're predetermined and there's and there's value in that as I, well. mean, I mean some people some people love their job like uh, I couldn't have, the only person who can tell me what to do in the world is the tax office. Mm. That's it. No one else can tell me what to do in the world. And I love that. I need that or I couldn't breathe. Some people don't care if they have a boss. And so I'm like, cool, go get a job that you enjoy, that you have great life, work-life balance and that you travel and do that. You know, what's also a very underrated strategy. Um, and I was chatting to Kate about this the other day is that 
if you love being part of something that's that's you know groundbreaking and it's got a great energy and um, but but y- you don't want that the crazy stress of the startup entrepreneurial scene piggyback work with someone that's that's in there you know yeah. they'll absorb all the stress do all the hard bits and you yep. can sort of you know join the rock up ship um, you know you go in the roller coaster ride and you can get a lot of the benefits um, without some of the risks as well yeah. you know you don't you, not everyone has to be a founder or go down you know f- find a cool founder and a company that you like work with them right 100 yep, and or or you don't want to do startups at all or you want to build hearts I mean, I don't know if this was in the podcast or we were speaking about this offline, but like if your calling is to go and build harps, go and build them. You, I can guarantee you that there are enough people on the internet who love harps that you can make $80,000 a year from advertising. I yeah. guarantee you. Yeah, interesting time. So a- MJ, do you do um, Skype consults as well and yeah. all of that? I mean, so as a gift to your audience, and I'm, I may not be able to do this for the rest of my career, but I can at least do it now. If anyone sends me an email, I'm happy to give them half an hour of my time for free. So that's MJ at thymos.com.au, that's T-H-Y-M-O-S. .com.au. I won't try and sell you anything. We can just chat. Um, we can chat about whatever you, whatever you need. We'll we'll uh, put that in the show notes and put in the email. That's that's really generous of you. We really appreciate that. And you know that that human layer. You know, sometimes just talking to people. You know, I always tell people I've got I've got I call it team care. You know, I've got people that I talk to about business issues, personal issues. Um, you know, life's up and down for everyone. We've got to help each other. And sometimes you know, talking even there's a magic in mm-hmm. in just just talking about so it. I mean, to, I know we want to finish, but to just to close that loop, like that's that's how I met you. I reached out to John Westenberg on Facebook. I didn't know who he was. I had read his stuff on Medium. I had mm-hmm. no idea who he was. Now I just offered him some free stuff. It's actually how I built my business, right? Is emailing, cold emailing people on Facebook uh-huh. and offering them free free time. And we connected. We liked each other. We're now going to start working together. And he introduced me to you. So the random serendipity nature of just helping people is crazy and so i try and do it as much as i can and i think you know a lot of that happens i really like in the states and in the, the tech scenes there there's there's very much that sense of that australia it's starting to happen yes a little bit historically been a little bit more of a territorial type of yeah, I mean, fear-based that's another two-hour yeah. podcast yeah, tall poppy syndrome where, yeah where in um, new south wales are you from i was from wagga wagga oh, okay regional know, new south wales i, I know wagga wagga well, well i yes. go through it about once or twice a year okay i've stayed there they've got the best indian restaurant in australia which one um, around the corner of Bay Street. Yep, 100%. Know that one very well. The tandoori there is incredible. That's it. Yeah, yep. She's won many awards. Yes, she's, she's quite incredible. a tough... Um, <laughs> yeah. She meets you at the door. She's like, all right, how much you want? You're like, yeah. okay, wow. <laughs> but yeah, Wagga Wagga um, is definitely... You know, I grew up in an inland city and Wagga Wagga's got that, that feel where, you know, Sydney's so different. There's always a beach, right? Mm-hmm. There's a beach and the water everywhere. Um, in Johannesburg, there's no water. It's, so Wagga's got that sort of feeling like it's just... just a town in the middle of a piece of land <laughs> yeah. and a plateau yep you know in the middle of nowhere awesome mj thank you so much for joining us on You're the welcome. it's a monkey podcast a, a really fantastic um you know topic that we could go on for ages good luck with everything and thank um, you look forward to staying in touch and send me an email we'll put that on the show notes um so if you go to it's a monkey.com you know, all the details will be there thanks a lot The It's a Monkey podcast is brought to you by CheckDog. Use CheckDog to easily review and monitor your website for spelling errors, broken links, and broken images, all with the push of one button. CheckDog can also automatically monitor your website and notify you of newly introduced spelling errors. Go to CheckDog.com forward slash podcast to receive 50% off your first month subscription.
CheckDog.com, helping the world's leading websites keep their content error-free. Firstly, that's a really fantastic offer of MJ Fitzpatrick that he said um, he's happy to have a 30-minute chat with anyone around the world. Mm. All right. So, you know, why not take up MJ's um, offer? You know, he's, he's certainly an interesting guy with an interesting passion. And, um, you, you know, if anything, sometimes we all just need a bit of a push to be decisive. Just yes. be decisive, right? Yeah. And I think it's good to get another perspective sometimes. So... Take him up on the offer, 30 minutes. 30 minutes free, either if you're in Sydney, um, face-to-face or Skype. And um, and uh, we'll put the, the – de- don't worry if you've got the email address. Just, just go to itsamonkey.com and we'll put um, MJ's email address there and you can email him. And now we're coming into Christmas, New Year. Nice time to sort of reflect, um, you know, on where to – you know, I think I think it's – it's it's we so um, – we're so lucky that, um, you know, we live in the Western world where we, we generally don't have to worry about food and shelter and we can actually self-reflect on our higher purpose. Yeah. It's a wonderful privilege. Yeah. Especially as well, you know, with the new year, people tend to get a bit sentimental and have resolutions. So it's good to start thinking about where you want to be and and what next year can hold for you. I'm, you know, I don't know what to make of this. Um, you know, I think MJ's in his 20s and, you know, I love his energy. It's intoxicating. It reminds me, it's almost of Anthony Robbins where it's just, you get, you know, you want to go out and just, rah, it's great, you know. <laughs> um, on the flip side, and I brought this up in the interview with him, you know, I, I wonder, you know, I wonder about this, um, you know, this this positive psychology sort of, um, I want to use the word hype, you know, but I, I just wonder, um, you know, I think if, if it's, if there is a risk, you know, of, of being disappointed if you get into this, this hyped up headspace, this hyped up positive headspace, mm. you know. Well, yes and no, I think. Um, the more, well, from where I stand, the more you sort of are determined, the much more likely you are to get it. Like yes, the disappointment could be higher, but I don't think I don't think if you're that determined, you're going to accept that disappointment too easily. Like you'll just keep fighting until you get it. That's true. I mean, that is true. I mean, I think I'm lucky in that I'm I'm just I always say I could uh, teach pit bulls how to be tenacious. It's just sort of part of my makeup, <laughs> um, you know, and. Um, and and it's just I don't have to convince myself, which is I'm I'm stubborn and 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 dog headed, um, but I think also some of the other points we brought up in the chat as well, you know that that's something I do believe, feel very very passionately about that if people do want to start a small business, especially in Australia, I think other countries, you know I can't comment as strongly, but in Australia I see all these small businesses. I love going to the markets, you know the food markets, and mm, people have made treats and and yeah. you know and have a, a unique take on a juice bar or chai or coconut this and people are just so innovative and I think a lot of people just want to even if it's a side thing just just have their own little baby you yeah know? I particularly like the the people who get really creative and crafty with their like Christmas cards and tags or um I've seen people do gift wraps or a really simple one recently was um sort of imagine like a, a newspaper print 
um, on the paper and then they've put that through a printer and they've mm-hmm. put like a quote over the top. So it's mm-hmm. got this kind of vintage feel but with like a, a big print on the top of a newspaper and then framed it. would cost them next to nothing. It's um – yeah, it's, I, I love people's innovation. In New York, they have these little informal markets. And um, I think last year or the year before, I bought one of my nieces a gift, which was such a clever gift. It was a, it was a, a T-shirt for a toddler, and it had a chalkboard on it, but like a real chalkboard. Oh, so you could actually draw on so it. So you could draw on it with chalk. Wow. You know, and you just see things like that and just, just little think, creative wow. twists. Yeah. I remember when the chalk, chalkboard paint first came out, I thought that was the most amazing thing. <laughs> you could paint it on the – I suppose that's what chalkboard was, but exactly. I knew that you could buy the tin of it and put it on the back of your door or on anything, on a cupboard. I saw some friends do it and I thought it was amazing. And, um, yeah, so, you know, anyone who wants to replace their income – um, building a business is is quite a different thing, though. You know, building a mm. business with team and scale, and and um, you know, and and I think I said in the podcast, it's a lot more enjoyable than you think, and it's uh, a lot more challenging than you think. Yeah, you I know, can imagine it's um, and and another underrated strategy, which I think I've mentioned a few times in this podcast, is. Um, Piggyback on someone else. Let them absorb all the stress yeah. and the business, the team, the founder going somewhere. Piggyback off them. You'll get nearly all of the benefits. You'll get so many benefits. That's true. You know, and you'll go home and at the end of the day and you'll and and you can forget about it. Yeah. You know? I think for a lot of people too, um, you know, the the accounting side and the finance side and the legal side scares are people. the most intimidating. Yeah, it scares yeah. people. And unless you come from that background then you've got to learn this huge new beast, you know. Other or on the flip side, you know all that, but you don't have like a skill to to yeah. build your product on. So it can go both ways. Yeah, I mean, my accountant, uh, he's a friend and accountant, and he knows that stuff in and out. And he just, you know, doesn't doesn't get drawn into the creativity or the new ideas. Yeah, doesn't and have an idea. You know, or or can't execute on on something. Um, you know, different. But the exciting thing is that, um, and I think I think it was uh, Steve Jobs who said this. You know, or, or someone said significant that you know the people succeeding significantly aren't really that different from you and I. Mm. You know, people don't believe that, and and but but they aren't really. You know, they yeah. may be they they may be able to synthesize things in a in a bit of a different way and and, and have some level of intelligence. Um, that's that's relatively robust, but but they're not they're not superhuman. No, no. You know? I think Steve, one of Steve Jobs's um, most famous quotes were, um, "The people who think they can change the world are the ones who usually do." Exactly. Crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones that do. Exactly. You know. And um, anyway, that's uh, MJ Fitzpatrick and uh, great guy, great energy, great vibe. I think he's going to go on to do great things. And he's from a little town in uh, Wagga Wagga. You've ever been to Wagga Wagga? Once. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, a very long time ago. My cousins uh, got married there. Nice. So, yeah. As they say, the towns that's so great they had to name it twice, right? <laughs> Wagga Wagga, yeah, for sure. That's that's not, I think it's from memory just like a small country town. Small country town yeah. and it's uh, literally in the middle of nowhere, approximately halfway between Sydney and Melbourne um, and uh, quite a humble town. Um, yeah. When uh, we, we go through there on the way to a festival about once or twice a year and we stayed at an Airbnb um, in April where um, – they had a pet bunny rabbit 
in Wagga Wagga at the Airbnb. Um, and um, that was really fantastic. So it's a country town where you drive 10 minutes and you from there and you're really in the Australian bush. Like, yeah. you know, there's even a state park 10 minutes away where you can camp for free that we've camped, you know, really? before. Okay. Uh, you can just camp there. And um, what's so beautiful out there, I mean, if you listening and you've never been to Australia or even if you are in Australia, what's so beautiful out there is the, the sky. Okay. The sky out there, you the know, especially at night. the stars at night, the yeah. stars at night, you know, sometimes when we're driving at night, we pull over on the side of the road around that area in the middle of nowhere and we just, you know, we'll just lie on the, the roof of the car and just look at the stars. It Take is, it, 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 it is, it is so dense with stars, you know, and yeah. I once met a guy who lived around there and I said, wow, you must love the sky around here. And he said to me, I don't know, I haven't, haven't really noticed. I thought, you know, as humans, we get so conditioned to to so much you know. well you don't notice all the um air pollution until you leave the city yes and you see it from a distance as well sometimes so you, you know johannesburg johannesburg when we used to go camping um with the school you could see the light pollution on the horizon oh, wow. um you know it's johannesburg very industrial city lots of mines lots of lights they work at night um, anyway, that's um, all our live podcast for 2016. Next week, we're going to play a repeat. Uh, maybe Phil Lieben, maybe Melanie Perkins of Canva, um, someone from a while ago. Um, so you will have access to the podcast um, next week and potentially the following week. We haven't decided yet. So you're not going to hear from us directly, but uh, we will have some great content for you. And we're going to keep going with the podcast in the new year. Um, you know, we've got great things for Manage Flutter Planned. I'm going to be rebranding to Manage Social and have all sorts of functionality. We're going to be pushing out tons of content. Um, so I'm pretty pumped. We're all going to take a couple of days off to, to recharge. It's another part about the entrepreneurial journey or, you know, being especially in a startup. I mean, you know, you guys as well, um, you know, the, the team in a startup is, is part of it. You guys have nowhere to hide as well. You work pretty hard as well, all you guys. You know, yeah. you, you really do. You, you know, we all, we, all, we all get dragged into the thick of it together and we need to, you know, we're going to go away and recharge a little bit and we'll continue live streaming as well. The Periscope's been pretty good this, um, um, this episode. Yeah, it hasn't gone too bad. Our um, viewers have fluctuated up and down a few times, but um, yeah, we've been getting some hearts, a few comments, which is nice. Always nice to see um, creating content that people like. Have a good Christmas. Have a good Hanukkah. Have a happy new year. And, um, you know, let's hope 2017 brings in wonderful things for everyone and we'll um, we'll chat to you soon thanks for joining we hope you enjoyed the show see ya